Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. With a little and some tenderness. Stand by for passion. We'll walk upon the water. We'll rise above the mist. With a little beat. Good morning. Welcome to Passions Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Vidala, broadcasting live from Lake Bridge Beach, Florida. It's Wednesday, February 28th, 2024. Passions is brought to you in part by blog talk radio today's topic of discussion is vigilance my guest speaker is a great example of vigilance we recently connected on linkedin and i'm grateful that we can spend some time to get together today on this topic bob path is calling in from baltimore maryland communications expert radio tv host an internationally recognized author for his Amazon best-selling book, Communicating to Win in Life, Love, and Business. Let me bring Bob on the line. Welcome to Passion's Podcast. Hey, Deb, good morning. Good morning to you, Bob. Thanks for spending some time with me this morning. You are very welcome. Thank you for having me. This is a message that really needs to get out there to reach millions and millions of people. So appreciate the opportunity you're giving me here to get the word out. Thank you as well. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for vigilance. It represents alertness, peacefulness, care, and concern. Be vigilant. Guard your mind against negative thoughts, but also be aware of your surroundings. Vigilance is a devoted attentiveness or watchfulness. The usage of vigilance implies both the degree of arousal on the sleep-wake axis and the level of cognitive performance. It's, It's always a science behind some of these topics. 
I'm I'm looking forward to getting Bob's feedback on this. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, vigilance is also known as sustained attention. Bob, I'm going to ask you to chime in and let's get down and start it on this topic. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, vigilance certainly, I mean, it applies in this situation as we get into it. Your listeners hear my story. Another word that comes to mind closely related is resilience, right? I mean, yeah. uh, the, the old uh, notion of getting knocked down seven times, you've got to get up eight, which is basically what we're talking about here because very few of us have lives that um, you know, work out as planned. You know, there are, just sharing with, uh, with a friend a great book, uh, called detours, and for most of us, our life is going to take detours, and certainly uh, things like the loss of a child, which I've experienced in 2019, is a major detour um, that requires a, a major dose of vigilance and resilience, as you say. So, uh, uh, yeah, life's not going to be as we expect it to be, Deb, and what do we do in those situations? You know, how do we get back on track or stay on track or, or so forth? So, yes, great topic. Thank you so much for that. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here in Palm Beach County, Florida, and I have my guest calling in from Maryland, and we are going to share a message today about what's going on in this generation with our next generation, everything that is around about with this cycle of addiction. And I would love for you, Bob, to open it up with obviously your vigilance with what you have gone through and resilience, the death of a child. Also, um, creating the solution. We're going to get into the solution because there's a wellness center happening for healing um, and, and for the mind, body, and soul. And that's what we're going to leave the listeners with today. And so, Bob, let's let's open it up. Let's talk about... The 501c3, we also are going to talk about Zach, uh, whatever order you'd like to start, sir. Yeah, well, I think uh, we need to frame it here for, for the listeners. Um, I, lost, I lost my son, Zach, in 2019 at the age of 33 from an overdose of heroin and fentanyl. Um, Zach struggled for a number of years. Uh, he was uh, in and out of rehab multiple times, as a lot of people are, um, and lost his battle. His had been doing well, again, which, you know, people go in and out of recovery, and they're doing well, and then they hang out with the wrong people, and, um, and things take a turn, and that's, that's what happened. It was an accidental overdose in, uh, on uh, January 21st of 2019 uh, at age 33, and so... But I, you know, I want to, from there, Deb. I really, what I want, what I want your listeners to understand, is that the uh, this is not related to addiction. It's not related to uh, rehab and and all those things. Really, the number one public health crisis in America is ready for this mental illness. And so, you know, people that become addicted to drugs or addicted to shopping or addicted to gambling. Look what's going on with gambling in this country. I, you know, you can bet right off your phone these days, which is ridiculous in my opinion. But these are all coping mechanisms, coping skills, you know, to deal with 
the things that we're not dealing with, and that's the trauma. Uh, it's, uh, it's all that mental illness. Look at the mass shootings in the world. If you look at all of the people that all the perpetrators Almost without fail, I, I'm going to say 100%, but certainly 90-some percent are young, are, are, are males, are males. Most of these shooters are, are males. Um, and so the point being that we really need to get back to treating the trauma. Eckhart Tolle, uh, the power of now, for those of you familiar with Eckhart Tolle and the power of now, the new earth, called it the pain bodies. You know, so we're traveling around with these pain bodies. We're holding on to these things. Uh, the, the Body Keeps the Score is another great book that your listeners can, can check out. If folks out there listening and can relate to this, maybe they're dealing with their own trauma. We're all dealing with trauma to some extent, Deb, and, and it's what yes. we do with that. And we'll try, it's my focus uh, to, to build this wellness center to focus in on wellness and mindfulness. You see, big pharma, the government, there's more money in managing these things that ultimately are going to fail. Most rehabs are going to fail. I mean, the numbers are staggering, like in the 90-some percentile of relapsing and failing uh, because there's only so much money that's put into this and people are not getting the proper care, the proper treatment. Uh, methadone, for example, I can get you off of heroin and cocaine and other things and I'll put you on methadone and you'll be addicted to that for 50 years. So we're swapping yeah. our addictions, if you will. We're swapping our addictions because 30 days is, is, a, is a bad detox at best. It's not changing. You know, addiction is a disease. It alters the brain's chemistry. You can't fix somebody in 30 days. You simply can't do it. Um, and so what we want to do is it's a longer commitment. People, when people come to the Zachary Path Center for, for wellness and mindfulness, it will be a, a – a, um, a residential facility. I don't even want to say inpatient. You know, I don't like the terms halfway house, sober living homes, all these kind of things, because it just sends a negative message. People are struggling, and we want to help them mind, body, and soul. What do you put into your body in terms of nutrition? What do you put into your mind in terms of reading? Prayer, spirituality will be a large yes. part of what we're going to do with this center as well. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have Bob Pass calling in from Baltimore, Maryland, and we're breaking down the topic of vigilance, and we're also talking about the solutions that we, we really need to support. We need to support your 501c3, and to help other people, it's not, not a halfway house. I love it. It's not so much the detox. Some nope. people need the detox first before they can go into um, That's some exactly type of right. A yeah, you, you can't come yeah. to us to get clean, to get detox. You gotta. We're you know, we're you know called a transitional facility, and in, in terms of the practicing the wellness, um, yeah, you've got to you got to make another stop on your way to us. Uh, the mm-hmm. other thing I would tell you is this center will not be staffed with former um, addicts. Uh, I don't like that model. There have been studies around that I've talked to a lot of experts. We've got our medical director lined up. Um, and no offense to folks who, out, who are out there and who are still living. Listen, my son was an addict, uh, but he's gone. And so I don't mean to offend anyone, but that model doesn't work for me because those folks know the system and know how to game the system. I, I get the compassionate piece, and there are exceptions to every rule, Deb. So you get somebody who comes out of an addiction and goes on to get a master's degree in 
psychology or something like that or whatever decides to really or becomes a Trappist monk, I don't care, uh, but decides to really turn their life around and wants to work in our facility, then, you know, our, our, our center, you know, then, then certainly we're going to consider those folks. There's a big component of spirituality here that I, that I want your listeners to understand. I am a practicing Catholic. I jokingly say practicing to get it right because we're all sinners and we all get it wrong a lot of times. Let's hope that we get it right more than we get it wrong. And I will tell you that I struggled with my faith. Uh, listen, I know all the bad stuff the Catholic Church has done. My relationships with God, it's not with a priest, it's not with a nun, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. I get it. I get it. It might shock your listeners to hear that when I was 16 years old, a Catholic priest attempted to molest me. I was lucky enough to get away. But I make that point uh, now in my 60s, my early 60s, that it's my relationship with God. But I really struggled with that when Zach died because I had already been through so much. Zach really never got over my divorce from his mother 25 years ago. So that's long in the past. No sour grapes here. No names will be mentioned. It's not important to this story, but it is a story that needs to be told. There are a lot of people out there. I have a friend in New Jersey who lost her nephew. I'm not going to mention any names, uh, but his parents were devout Christians, got a divorce. Father was having an affair. Uh, the kids became fodder in the middle between both parents. And mm-hmm. just weeks after this young man at the age of, I believe, 27, just weeks after he got married, he died of a drug overdose. So you talk about tragic, but this is what's going on. So um, we've got to go back, you know, the, the breakdown of the family. We're not as connected as we used to be. Technology playing a huge role in the breakdown of the family, the breakdown of society. I get it. Without technology, you and I wouldn't be having this interview. You're in Florida. I'm in Maryland. God bless. But Amen. There's a time, right? There's a time and a place, and we've got to get back. I know I sound old school and like an old white guy or whatever, and so be it. If I am, guilty. But we've got to get back to a little bit more Mayberry RFD and a little bit less Honey Boo Boo. Uh, we've got to get back to this reality stuff that's on television out there. Everybody's looking for their 15 minutes of fame. They're willing to sell their souls for it. I don't need to mention any family names or any. You all know who we're talking about on these reality shows. It's nonsense is what it is. It's nonsense because what it's doing, Deb, we're losing about, depending on the studies that you look at, you and I talked before we went on the air, we're losing upwards of 300 people a day to overdoses. That doesn't, that doesn't count the veterans that we're losing to suicide. You know, I did a lot of work. Zach had uh, three attempts, uh, two, two, three attempts at suicide and was, was hospitalized for that. So I was doing some work around the American Foundation for the Prevention of Suicide. I was in New York with Anderson Cooper when Anderson was honored for the work that he does uh, because of his brother Carter's death. Uh, Anderson Cooper's brother killed himself. And so... You know, all of these traumas that we're not dealing with here. The gov- shame on the government, uh, you know, big pharma. If there's more money to be made in managing people's illnesses and sickness and addictions and, and everything else. And so the, the, the money is not in the cure. The money's in the management and the treatment. That's where it all is. So 
but the problem is getting, you know, worse every year. Every year since my son died, the number just keeps escalating, and it's escalating in different ways. It's coming out in violence with these mass shootings and all of these other things. Look at this week, University of Georgia, University of Colorado. I mean, it's all over the place. People get shot in churches and grocery stores and on college campuses and high schools and, and, and you know, theaters and show venue, whatever. So it tells us, it's the definition of insanity. I think it was Einstein that said it, that, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result, right? And that's what we're yes. doing. We've got a very broken system that we're not even duct taping together. We're using scotch tape on this system to cobble it together. But it, 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 it is multifaceted. It's systemic, you know, breakdown of the family. Uh, the proliferation of other things, gambling, sex, drugs, just all of, you know, alcohol, all of it is out there. And, and where's the road lead? The road leads back to money. You know that expression, death followed the money? Yes. Lots of money being made from drugs, alcohol, and gambling right there. Hold on, stand right by. There. I have a message. I have a message coming in, a question uh, from a okay. lady, and she, she's asking, yeah. what were the signs that you saw uh, regarding your son with the addiction, how did you know there was a problem? Uh, you know, that's a great question. And, and so for your, for your listener out there, you know, one of the things that I, I live with, Zach's mom and I went through a very, very nasty and public divorce. Uh, and one of the children came to live with me because uh, he did not want to live with her. I will just tell you that, it was his mom that broke up the family. Actually, two families were broken up, so your folks can fill in the blank. And unfortunately, in those early phases, uh, people know the, 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 the expression parental alienation. I was not as close to Zach in those early formative years, so I don't necessarily know what the gateway was. Uh, it wasn't until it came to me, came to my attention, somebody told me that he was um, battling addiction and that he was, or he was doing drugs, you know, it starts out that way. So whatever the drug of choice is, that's what happened. So my, my awareness of this whole thing, uh, to answer your listeners question, it was really the mental illness part of it was the hospitalization. For those of you who are familiar with that world, I live in Baltimore and just on the outskirts of Baltimore city is a world renowned institution called Shepherd Pratt. Shepard Pratt is a mental hospital, and actually F. Scott Fitzgerald's uh, wife, Zelda, was treated here inpatient at Shepard Pratt. Zach had been hospitalized at Shepard Pratt on two occasions, but treated for his attempts at suicide, treated for the depression, and not, unfortunately, the addiction. So the addiction really went undetected uh, for a while. But it goes to the point, Deb, and I want to bring it up again, we need to treat the dual patient. What we do is we treat symptoms. We treat symptoms. So we get people off of heroin and we put them on methadone. We're swapping one addiction for another addiction, but we're never dealing with uh, the, the trauma. We're never dealing with the trauma. I watched a terrific video the other day on betrayal trauma. And so whether a spouse betrays you or parents betray their children because the family's broken up or whatever. I have a friend going through it right now after 20-some years of marriage, two kids, fortunately, who are 
out of college, launched it on their own. But, you know, this person had a porn addiction and was, was uh, uh, you know, was, was cheating and all these things. After 20-some years of marriage, the curtain has been pulled back. And so those older children now in their mid to late 20s will still be dealing with it. They'll be dealing with it from another perspective than a 13-year-old dealing with it. They're still dealing with it. We must deal with the trauma. We've got to deal with the trauma. What was it? My son never recovered from that divorce, never recovered from that divorce. And what played out after that was not supportive of him and what his needs were. He was the oldest of four children, and he was male. And so he was there, you know, struggling with those love-hate feelings, uh, anger, probably at both of us. I'm, listen, I'm not, I'm not blaming one person for a lot of this. Um, but uh, so there's anger on both sides. I will say that I rolled up my sleeves and was really more focused on let's, let's get into this and let's deal with the trauma. There's only so much one person can do. But this wellness center that I want to do, I didn't want – I've set up a scholarship uh, fund at his high school uh, to help mm-hmm. other kids, deserving mm-hmm. kids, get an education. He had a terrific Catholic education in high school. And I want other kids to have those same opportunities, kids that, are, that, that don't have those chances, I want them to have. But I didn't want to just throw money at something. I didn't want to just give to, you know, the local uh, addiction and recovery center. There are a lot of bad actors out there. There are a lot of people out there. There's a lot of money to be made in addiction, a lot of money. A lot of those guys and gals are driving Range Rovers and vacationing in St. Bart's. Um, it's a broken system, but it's a system that has a, there's a lot of money floating around because I will tell you as a parent who's dealt with this, you got me on my soapbox now, Deb, and if your listeners are tuning in, uh, you know, we could go on a couple hours about this, but, but, um, you know, as, as a parent who's dealt with this, what happens is after you get over the shock of, oh my God, little Johnny or little Janie, uh, is battling an addiction, battling depression. We send them off to Texas or Florida. South Florida is a big area down where you are for these recovery centers, and we send them off. I've told people we put them on trains, planes, automobiles, and buses. We send them off to be fixed. We don't want to know too much about it because it's a dark, seedy world, right, that addiction world, uh, the homeless, you know, all this. We we don't want to know too much about it. We don't want to get too close to it. We just want our children fixed. And brought back. We don't really, we acquiesce to care. If the experts, quote unquote, tell us, well, this is what we've got to do for 30 days and then Johnny's going to be fine, we trust the process. We trust the system. But the system is failing us time and time and time and time and time and time again, as evidenced by up to 300 lives a day that we're losing. So the numbers are there. The yes, there, yes, growing, but we keep... I'm getting, yeah. I'm getting another, I'm getting another question regarding okay. the, the, regarding the 501c3. Yeah. Obviously, we talked about that recently. Is it going to be Christian based? That's the question. Is it going to be Christian based? Um, it's, it's, you know, I'm a Christian, but, but all are welcome. So if somebody is of the Jewish faith or Muslim or whatever, um, it is, I, I, I I wouldn't say it's going to be Christian-based. I would say it's going to be faith-based, certainly. Nice. But people nice. will be able to – what's that? 
I said, nice. I love it. Yeah, it, it, I, I will tell you this. I have a friend who is a, uh, a Jesuit priest who I've asked the Jesuits, because of St. Ignatius of Loyola, have a program, and I've asked him to lead spiritual direction. But there will be mm-hmm. a place for everyone to come to practice their faith. What I want to do to have on the facility, listen, I'm creating this, this 501c3 will be a place that you would want to, you would want a vacation. Um, it, I'm going to model it. I'm going to use a resort model, not one of those fancy places in Malibu. It's not going to be that. Um, Recovery is expensive. It's very expensive. Most are only 30 days. This is going to be way longer. Um, but I want it to be a place. We're going to have a director of hospitality. Think about this. You walk in, you're already feeling bad about yourself. Let's, let's talk about the 501c3 since your caller there asked that question and we've opened, opened this up. Um, it is going to be a place when you pull up, you go down the winding road and you pull up to this place, you're going to feel good about it and you're going to feel good about yourself. You're not going to, Deb, we just talked about halfway. Who wants to be halfway anything? Who wants to, I'm mm-hmm. living in the sober living home because I'm a reject, I'm broken, I'm whatever. No, 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 no. We don't want that. So we want people that are going to come there and they're going to meet my, my director of, of, of hospitality um, you know, we're going to have, you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to do that. We're going to have books that we're going to read. There are a lot of great, I read about a book a week. And so I read books that are faith-based for your listeners out there. Go out and get a copy of Dark Night of the Soul by Thomas More, you know, by Thomas More. And, and so we're going to read things like that. We're going to get into, we're going to have, <clears throat> excuse me, therapy sessions. We're going to have a chapel or a, you know, a temple or whatever it is, we're going to have a place of worship. Let's just say that. So I, would say I love that feedback. Right? Spirituality-based, but not, listen, this is not about, I'm a divorced Catholic, and divorced Catholics are not supposed to receive the sacrament. And I've had conversations with priests. I'm sorry. I didn't break up my marriage. I'm not the cause of that divorce. I'm going to receive the sacrament. My relationship's with God. It's not with some man or woman in clerical garb who's going to tell me what I can and cannot do. And so I want people, when they come into the center, let me tell you this. They're all, <clears throat> they're all going to meet me. They're all going to meet me. And, and, and I, you know, I, when we build this thing, maybe we have the auditorium is, is dedicated to Janie Smith, who lost her life. And the cafeteria is, is uh, you know, dedicated to, to – Steve Jones, who lost his life, it is going to be family-centered. It's going to be a place where people are welcome. It's not going to be a place where you drop off your kids and come back and get them in in three months and hope that we have fixed them. Parents and families need to be invested in the fixing healing process. And that's what I want the center to do. Stand by, Bob. We're down to about three minutes. Uh, ladies okay. and gentlemen, I, I have Bob Path on the line with me, and we, we broke down the topic of vigilance, and he is getting into helping others, okay? Through the death of his son, may God rest his soul, he is reaching out. He's reaching out his hands to help others. And so what I want within, we've got about two minutes left, Bob. Can you please give your contact information before I close the show? Yes, yes. 
so people can find me. I make myself very available, as I told you. You can find me on LinkedIn. You know, you can find me on the social media platforms. You can go to BobPath.com. You can find, you can Google me. And the spelling of that, by the way, folks, is P like Paul, A like Andrew, F like Frank, F like Frank, Path. Um, you can, uh, the center, it, 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 the 501c3 has been approved. So we've got a tax ID number. So if you make a contribution to the center, I don't have a Venmo account set up for it or anything, Dad. People can find me if they want to Venmo me, Bob Path, they can do that. They want to make a donation. It's tax deductible to let everybody know. This is going to be a very expensive project. Um, they can reach out to me. My cell phone, I make myself available, is 443-790-3457. My email is bob at bobpath.com. Very easy, bob at bobpath.com. And I'm sure your listeners can know how to get you. You know how to get me. So I'm easy to find. I want to be easy to find as we look to do this because – because it takes a village. I'm not going to be able to do this by myself. It's going to be an enormous project. It's going to be a very expensive to do it. So we're looking for the $5 donations and the million-dollar donations because it's going to be very expensive to build this place the way I want to build it. Thank you, Bob. Stand by. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, first of all, Bob, I want to thank you for being an amazing guest. And um, talking about vigilance, you are vigilance. You are an example. And I'm very grateful you could spend some time with me today. And also to the listeners out there, this podcast will be archived. If you miss a live show, we'll, have, we'll be in production immediately as soon as we get off the air, and it will be available uh, to you on your mobile devices. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Until next time, have a wonderful day, everybody. <laughs>